0: Welcome to another episode of the Mac and D podcast. My name is Matthew Mac and I'm joined by Jimmy D and our very special guest, Livy Logan Wood. How's it going, Libby?
1: It's great. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: How's the school year going?
1: So it is the first week of classes and I have uh, shirked all of my responsibilities this week uh, in preparation for this podcast and for my draft on Friday. Um, and honestly, I'm feeling pretty good about that. So that's what I have to say about the school year.
0: As is tradition, you have syllabus week and you also have draft week in the same week. And
2: that's what I mean. It's yeah. syllabus week, right? Like you're not supposed to be paying attention to class, you're supposed to be preparing for the football season.
0: Yeah, all of Labor like- Day weekend. That's like all you ever do. So it's very, very important.
2: So we're having you on for today's podcast.
0: Mainly, besides, of course, we like you and you're a friend and everything, but mainly because you are doing a salary draft this Friday, and we're trying to get prepared. We're trying to get the listeners prepared. Salary drafts are becoming more and more common, and I think they're incredibly interesting, and honestly, they're almost more fair than a typical snake draft. Do you guys feel Mm -hmm. the same way? I have
1: yeah, I so I think uh it depends on your definition of fair. Um I do think that you can have more autonomy over building a team that's interesting. It depends on the other people in the league. Um however, um I think auto draft and salary. I'm like so auto, anti auto draft and salary drafts, because it is wild and unpredictable. And it really hurts like the integrity of team building in a way that isn't really the same in snake draft. And you know, there's always that person who just can't make it and has to auto draft and it really messes with the salary draft.
0: Yeah, God forbid your kid has a birthday. Like, you should skip that stuff. Though, so. <laughs> so, yeah, you said you did this draft uh, last year as well, Libby, right? This is the second iteration. What give us the highs and lows of last year and how that went?
1: So, last year, uh, this league was formed by first year MBA students and it was open to everyone, which we love. We love inclusivity. It ended up being a 16 person or 16 team salary draft and not a single person had done a salary draft before. So, you know, at least we were all coming from the same starting place. (laughs) However, it was pure chaos from the get go. And there was absolutely no Enforce rules or or um, structure throughout the entire season on waivers on um, anything of that nature, so that we've put some more structure around the league this year. Um, however, I will say that there is a a big spectrum of. Uh, american football knowledge in this league and so I, I will give a shout out to uh one of my good friends justin matthews who's the reigning champ and his brother is an nfl player so i do feel that's a bit unfair Whoa,
0: whoa. Um, who's his brother is it like jake matthews
1: no um oh man i feel so bad now he's <laughs> a he was on the 49ers last year he almost made it to the super bowl um he Matthews. Yeah, sorry.
0: Um, I, I didn't even put you on the spot, but that's pretty dang cool.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I, I'm curious, though, for your league, I guess two points. Did did everyone at least play fantasy football before doing the salary draft, or was it like there's also half of them hadn't even done fantasy, and their first uh, experience was a salary? Because that's pretty extreme. And then also, can you highlight did anyone bid like $150 on the first player to something insane, or is it more of like people were like scared to spend $10 on a player?
1: So uh there were several people who had not ever done fantasy football, so that was a challenge uh, for them and that and for us. <laughs> and um, additionally, the the way the league went was that some people thought they had two hundred dollars every round.
0: Oh and no! So
1: <laughs> <laughs> by, by the end of the first round, there was a huge consortium of folks who had spent over a hundred dollars. Um, And then there was a group of us, uh, about five of us, who had not spent any money because we were like, what is going on? Like, why are you bidding $88 on David Montgomery? And it's just like, which is, and so people were, I think Christian McCaffrey went for $98. Um, And I do think the person who did that is a skilled fantasy player and was trying to uh, bid up the auto draft. Uh, and it turns out in in ESPN salary drafts the auto draft doesn't just go as high as they're right, like valuing the player they just stop sometimes. Sure. And so the person got stuck with Christian McCaffrey at $98 even though ESPN had like maybe said he was worth 99.
0: Wow. I I love the mind games when it comes to these salary drafts. There's so much more psychology that goes into it than just a random player coming up and then you have the next guy who goes and picks. So James, can you give us a breakdown of like your general strategy when it comes to these salary drafts? And uh, can you maybe give us a little bit more of a um, baseline of what exactly these drafts look like?
2: Yeah. So I'd say there's two main strategies and then everyone kind of falls in line with the, with the spots, right? So there's kind of the, the studs and scrubs, if you will, which means uh, to Livy's point, you have people spending $100 on the person they want or you know, like the top two or three guys that, the, that they key in on. And then after that, they have a dollar per pick. So they just turn on auto draft and leave because they don't care anymore at that point. Um, so that's one way. Then there's more of the value, which I think is kind of the, you could call it the sharp approach or the, you know, the people are really trying to galaxy brain their way through a draft. So that's trying to p- kind of pick your, your spots where you're thinking you're getting the best point per dollar value at each position and, and really attacking those spots. So you, you might pick out five or six receivers that you really like. And no matter what happens, like you, you almost tunnel vision in on those people because you, you've kind of highlighted them as the people you want on your team, and, and you and you go for them. You, you give yourself, you know, a little bit of wiggle room, but once they get out of your your range, you just kind of cut cut ties and, and move on to the next pick. Yeah, which right. I think also comes to your point, though, of the uh, the fairness of salary draft. Right, everyone gets to pick their favorite players, so it, you know, to, to that point, you can. More or less having a fantasy, like a season long team that has all of your favorite players, but you got to be willing to pay the price for it.
0: Yeah, I think it's kind of hard because you have to really visualize like how much money you have left. Like it's literally like putting together an actual budget. It always reminds me of that one meme that's like rent six hundred dollars vinyls seven thousand dollars someone help me budget this i'm losing my family it's one of my favorite memes.
2: um this is actually it's the format for nerds like yeah. i mean if you love making spreadsheets like i know you and i do like this is the fantasy bro draft it's it's our dream draft you know you set up all your players you get millions of you know excel formulas going you try to do all sorts of optimizers etc yeah so to that extent it's definitely not new player friendly at least not the most new player friendly uh, but um, i th- I think it's just a lot of fun for the people that are more into these like the sports analytics side versus just a pure I know that person's name, therefore I'm drafting him.
0: yeah, I like how it takes out some of the randomness. So Livy, did you all have any like nastiness or anyone trying to do some like really creative strategies like putting up like a kicker or something like that for the first pick?
1: Yes, and I do want to interject really quickly because Justin's brother is Jordan Matthews, who's drafted oh by- yeah. Well, in 2014 yeah. and he's been in the league since then so um he's been around football a long time and then another person in the league is um uh, her partner is in on it on the Eagles roster actually right now so those two folks know kind of know what they're doing um but there is um some strategies that I'm considering uh around throwing some people up there early because I do think that Uh, And since most of us will be in a room together and we're going to join at Justin's house for the draft, people are going to look around the room and think, Oh, that person knows what they're talking about and bid up on, on some players. Um, Unfortunately, we had someone last year who didn't fully get all the rules and ended up drafting four quarterbacks, four kickers, and uh, (laughs) a couple of like, uh, I think, well, he they paid thirty dollars for a recently released kansas city backup quarterback just because somebody threw him up there oh. and they were back and forth on the bid i can't even remember the player's name they weren't they were like a free agent by the time the draft happened
0: oh that's dirty that is dirty yeah it's one thing yeah. it's one thing to just like put up like justin tucker or something really early someone's like oh hey i really gotta lock down this best kicker in the league and throws up like 10 15 bucks. Whereas, realistically, every kicker should go for, like, one or two bucks. Uh, that's so dirty, though. Like, putting up people, like, that don't even know who's in the league at that point. I, I like your guys' style. I'm a fan. a <laughs> uh, uh, general strategy that Jimmy D mentioned, Libby, do you think you want to go for this year? Do you want to do the stars and scrubs? You get the really shiny, nice players and the really shitty players? Or do you want to kind of, like, snipe and pick and choose some of those, like, middle-round guys? Which one are you going for this year?
1: So I think I'm going to go for a combination of both. Uh, I want to share my strategy with the two of you and and get some feedback. I'm very open to feedback on this. But given the you know, uh, Maddie Mac, you have an endearing term for people who do fantasy football kind of on the side and you call them casuals. And I would say that this is a league of casuals. So I do think I can snipe a few people late or put some people up early to get other people to take that may not realize they're not tracking like the preseason or things like that, that um, you all are. So, but my strategy is First and foremost, not to care about the quarterback. Um, I'm I'm going to go late on quarterback and, and low budget on quarterback. I do think, you know, all the uh, fantasy heads, including the two of you, are really big on Trey Lance, and I'm not sure that's going to be on the radar here since they don't have any fantasy stats from prior years or anything like that. So we'll see about that. Um, But I am going to, I think I'm going to drop some money on like a top six pick. I think I'm going to maybe blow budget on to get somebody in the top six just on my roster. I think it's going to matter a lot in this league to have at least one reliable player who can get a ton of money. I got burned on running backs last year. I kind of, I listened to the mock drafts, james that you did and you had like that was me last year yeah. in this draft because the running backs were going so early for so much and i was yes. like i can't
2: pay for that zero, zero rb works really well when you're not in a draft with matthew mack who's going to snipe all of your uh, value pick rbs so I, I definitely kept just getting getting sniped by by the two and in, in the draft with me so it's it's tough. If you're not prepared, if you if you don't hit on that value pick, it, you're in for a long season in, in running back purgatory.
0: Yeah, I like the idea of doing like a top six pick. Do you think do you think six is like the cutoff? Like, do you think there's a clear tier demarcation right at six?
1: No, but, I mean, I like the top – okay, so if I don't get it in the top six with, like, JT, Christian McCaffrey – I mean, I don't really want Christian McCaffrey, and I don't think I'm going to pay enough for Jonathan Taylor. But if I can get um, a Justin Jefferson, I will snag, or Chase, or Austin Eckler, that would be great. If I don't get in there, my goal is to either get Travis Kelsey – um I go big on him. He's a fantasy. I think he's a fantasy god. I know you guys have mentioned he's getting old. He did not look old last season. I think he's going to perform. Um and then I actually am a big fan of Stefan Diggs. Who you guys are also think is getting old. I think he's a reliable fantasy person. I don't think people are going to like overpay for him in the first round after going through some of those other big names. So if I can snag one of those for like a decent budget after we go through sticker shock of like the top six, that's my plan.
0: I think that's a really good point because as much as we are big old nerds about this, I think there's also like a level of fatigue that comes in with some of these guys. Like we get so tired of drafting the same guy every single year. And then after we have them for a couple of years, we think they're old, but in reality, Stefan Diggs, I don't have his age in front of me, but he's only like 27 or something like that. So right. it could make a lot of sense if you have people like us in your league where, yes, we know they're a big name. Yes, we realize that they're not that old, but because we're just kind of tired of drafting those same old guys over and over, we're going to be looking elsewhere for that new sexy pick. The the Najee Harrises of the league like I like. <laughs>
1: I mean, he's high on my list too. I think he's going to go super for a lot of money really fast.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, what are you th- what's your general strategy on receiver? Are you going to go high on receiver or are you looking for more of those value guys?
1: So, I think if I and, you know, I think there were some good points made on your last pod and, and in general around Chase. I'm not sure I want to overpay for him. I'm, I'm a Bengals fan, and I love the team. So, uh, yeah, I'm from Cincinnati.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So I just, like, don't want to I, – I think they have a lot of – talent there and it might not go as far for fantasy. So um I'm I'm willing to wait a little bit towards the middle rounds for receivers um and try to pick up a uh somebody under the radar if I can get a solid running back.
0: Yeah James, who do you yeah, think, think
2: is a good guy? Oh yeah, sorry. So I want to interject real quick because we, we finally have a Bengals homer here. So we might be able to get the the on the ground analysis that neither you nor I have. What's the feeling around T. Higgins in, in Cincinnati land? Because Matthew, Matthew and I just cannot seem to come to a consensus. Like we both kind of like him because we know he's talented, but we both also think he's going really early. So where, where where are you putting T. Higgins?
1: Um. So I have Higgins. I don't think I would draft him. Before the fourth round, like I, which he's gonna go in this he's league, like
2: I, second round, I think pretty. Yeah, in, in, in,
1: in this league, I think that he um, is a great player. Like on any other team, would potentially just be, you know, getting the ball all the time. Um, but between Mixon and Chase, I I just think he's not gonna yield more than maybe ten points a game for fantasy. He's gonna be a huge player for Cincinnati in general. I just don't think he's going to get the ball as much. Um, but, you know, I don't know if you saw that, James, that Cincinnati just uh, picked up, I think, a Patriots tight end, a free agent, in the last, like, day or two. Oh,
0: was it what? It was, like, failed third-round
2: picks. Was like Dalton Queen?
1: Um, I know
2: cut no. so.
1: Um, yeah, I can. I'll. I'll. We'll come. Yeah, to, we'll you come
2: you to Google that. it. I'll. I'll answer Matthew's question here. So wow. when, when you're thinking of a uh, value wide receivers, I think there's two parts to it. You want someone that's kind of in that twenty dollar range, but you want someone that's in that range with upside. So like mm-hmm. I'm looking at some of the the receivers there, and the one that really jumps out to me is Michael Pittman Jr. So you're paying twenty five dollars, give or take. This is, I mean, this is all. You know, your your mileage may vary, but the the kind of the mocks that we ran, twenty five for Michael Pittman, and you're paying for last year's production, but that puts him like in the correct spots. So, like you're paying a correct value for what he did last year, but now he has a a better quarterback situation with Matt Ryan, and he's a clear number one in his offense. So you could see him returning a lot better value for the money, and, and kind of have that huge upside that that makes him a a more enticing pick to me than uh, to Livy's point of, of grabbing Jamar for a quarter of your budget and and hoping that the other really talented players in Cincinnati don't take all, you know, take some of the points away from him.
0: Yeah. I think there's a really good opportunity this year to get some really boring names that have maybe fallen off a little bit, but could be a huge value. I'm looking at your notes right now, Livy, and I a hundred percent agree with you. Like as Brandon cooks as being a value and the man has done nothing but produce He's done nothing but pretty much win in his NFL career as well until he got to the Texans. But like, like you have in your notes, like he's truly the number one receiving option. There's nobody else there. All the other players are either getting cut, like Marlon Mack got cut yesterday. Uh, Rolls-Royce Freeman got cut today. It, it seems like the offense is 100% going to run through. Uh, Damian Pierce, obviously, who the hype train is absolutely insane right now. You're probably not going to give him for a value... And then Brandon Cooks, unless you know my boy Rex Burkhead goes off, which is totally possible. Cincinnati legend as well.
2: Um, I don't think it's a podcast if you nor I don't mention Brandon Cooks. Like I, <laughs> I think you uh, of, of all the pods out there, we definitely are on the Cooks train.
0: Yeah, and I think I think you just kind of have to follow the talent with him. The man does nothing but produce in terms of yardage. And I think this year we've talked about this, James. I think the offense in Houston could actually be better than expected, and so he yeah. could have some very good uh, touchdown opportunities as well
1: yeah more. another receiver and i'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this is juju smith schuster uh, um at kansas city i think uh we know that patrick mahomes loves a slot target and i think he could if he performs like i've always loved watching him play i hate the Steelers, so now i feel really good about being able to root for his success i know he's a question mark and i I have him maybe considering him around the sixth round if if he's still available, but I want to hear what you all are seeing um, in preseason and thoughts on on him.
2: I'll let the Homer take this first. Wait, why am I a homer? I don't like the Chiefs. You, you've said it multiple times that you are you got that, that Kansas City swag because you're a Missouri boy.
0: I have one shirt. I've been to games. I have a lot of friends who are Chiefs fans.
2: You're wearing a royal shirt right now. That I think that by <laughs> default makes you the, the homer here. It's Alex well, Gordy. He went to Nebraska.
0: Anyway, uh, yes, I love Juju this year as well. Um, I don't know if you all saw, a lot of his contract was very incentive-laden, and they've already started guaranteeing a lot of those incentives early and increased some of the incentives as well, giving me a lot of faith that his preseason has been solid. Um, He hasn't played a ton. They've been playing a ton of the backups in Kansas City because they've been doing nothing but long playoff runs lately. They want to play the kids. But I think the offense is very ripe for another player to step up now that Tyree Kill is not there anymore. And I think if you're going to trust any of them, like DeMarcus Robinson's gone, Myra Pringle's gone, it's not going to be Michael Hardman like come on like it, we that that train went away a long time ago it's got to be juju and i don't feel like this year this is like oh, who's the number two receiver next to Devontae Adams? Is it going to be Alan Lazard? Is it going to be uh, Marcus valdez Scantling, who's also on the Chiefs, who I don't believe in? I think it's going to be Juju. He's showed this to us before with his like 1,300-yard season once before, and I think he has true wide receiver one capabilities, which a lot of guys in the league honestly just don't have. I don't want to say like they don't have that dog in them, but they kind of just don't. And so Juju has shown that he can be. And I, I feel like if you're going to be betting on these mid-round guys, which I think is the best value for wide receivers, he's totally the guy that you should get. He's still young. He's like 25 years old. Like, he's my age. It's mm-hmm. crazy.
2: <laughs> yeah, you put it much more eloquently than I will, but I, I think he's a, a good target. There, there's just a giant void that Tyreek leaves by not being with Kansas City anymore. And to act like they're gonna give it to their running backs, who Kansas City has time and again proved they don't really trust. Like it's not like C.E.H. is gonna now all of a sudden get 25 carries a game or something goofy like that. Like Mahomes is gonna throw the ball. You take Travis Kelsey's what 150 targets out of there, right? There's still you know plenty, plenty of opportunity to to go around. I think, especially when you're only paying say somewhere between 10 to 15 dollars for Juju. If things start to go south quick, you don't feel bad about cutting bait and maybe picking up a Mikkel Hardman if he is doing well. Like, you know, if you find out who that number one wide receiver is in the offense, you can go that direction. But I do think just signs point up to Juju. He's kind of the more blue chip option in this offense. You know, now that Tyreek's gone.
0: Yeah. Like, not to flex our collective NBA math knowledge and our <laughs> finance bro esque thing we have going on right here. But okay. So Pitzel and Kelsey for 1,500 yards. Patrick Mahomes is going to get 5,000 yards, so that's 3,500 left. Big break, big math. 500 yards are going to go to Hardman because he just gets five 100-yard catches every single year and does nothing else. Same thing with Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 5 for 100, 500, so now we have 2,500 left. I feel like we could pretty confidently pencil in Juju for a thousand of that. Like, I, I think we're going to make it to a thousand yards for
2: Juju. I, I thought you were going to segue us into hot takes and say, two, two like 2000 for Juju like <laughs> and 500 for whoever else.
0: You going to break Calvin Johnson's record. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Yeah. So I love Juju. I think you have a great point there. And I think at the value you're going to get him at because he's just like not a sexy pick anymore. People are tighter. The people like literally factor in the TikTok stuff and it's like, no one cares about that. Like just get the production, you know, get those good picks. And so I think Juju is a great value here.
1: So I want to hear you all talk about some of um, some advice or, or sleeper picks for me to consider that people who, cause the only reason Juju will go for a lot in my league is because people know his name. So what are some names that the casuals may not, be as aware of um like i I, i'm thinking travis etienne i'm thinking um even like dj moore might be on that level Mm -hmm. of like unless with this league so who could i who do you think i could snipe if somebody's not paying attention Mm -hmm. if one of the those folks aren't are looking. Yeah,
2: Mad Mac, you care if I go for this one first?
0: Yeah, please. I, I don't want to like talk about okay. TJ war for thirty-five minutes again.
2: <laughs> yeah, because you you will if we let you. But so I think you're highlighting why I might like the studs and scrub strategy for a casual draft versus just value, because no matter what, that those top ten picks are the, the people that everyone can kind of wrap their head around being the the clear tier one people are going to go for basically what ESPN says is their value because ESPN will have that oh, $75 for CMC type thing next to them. So, you know, I don't hate getting two of those guys because they're, they're just kind of a a clear cut above the rest of the competition. That's why they are first round picks. So now that you're in a casual draft, that means you're going to have to, you know, make maybe 50 to $60 spread the rest of the way. And you can grab some people that just aren't well-known and really get good production the rest of the way. So Someone like a Chris Olave, who goes for two dollars. He's a rookie, so people don't really know him. He's on the Saints, and since Drew Brees has been gone, he's not. They don't get a lot of hype. But ESPN projects him at 170 uh, PPR points. So if if you do just kind of a simple two dollars to get 170 points, right? That that's almost ninety dollar or ninety points per dollar, and that's a good way to kind of round that out. So if you think of it that way, a guy that I love uh, as a Patriot is Jacoby Myers. He's More or less, the the clear cut number one receiver on the Patriots. I know that doesn't feel great right now because our offense is in in such a weird limbo state, but he's had a lot of great rapport with Mac Jones, and and he's kind of our our chain moving receiver. So, you know, he's someone that it's not a sexy name. And, and, you know, generally speaking, you're either going to have Patriots fans in your draft that will snipe him from you or you won't, and then they won't know who he is. So, if there's no Patriots fans in your draft, then that's like an easy $1, $2 receiver because people go, uh, you know, it's they they only think of like Randy Moss as a as a Patriots receiver or Julian Edelman, and they're gone. So that that's kind of an easy pick. And, and then after that, I think there's just a decent amount of running backs. You just have to kind of strategically think who are the handcuffs that can easily be catapulted into an RB one position. I've highlighted Naheem Himes, but I saw that you did too. Like that's the kind of guy where you know JT goes down. You're you know for a dollar, two dollars, you're going to have someone that clearly steps into a fifteen to twenty touch role. And that's what you have to do if, if you spend all of your money on maybe the top, like three of the top 10 players or two of the top 10 players. You just have to really kind of strategically go about how do I find that person that can step into a huge role with the, the rest of my money.
0: Yeah, I think you really have to... You make a great point, James. And I think you really have to consider with these leagues how quickly people are going to blow through their money because just like object permanence, ooh, shiny toy, I want to pick up that guy. And there's not a better feeling out there than whenever someone is completely out of money and you could just keep getting guys that are worth probably like $10, $11 for a dollar. You totally feel like you're doing an arbitrage opportunity. You're just raking and printing money. It feels so good. Uh, one of those guys I feel like could just absolutely just like fall to $1 or fall to like $5 is Damian Harris. He finished as like RB14 last year, which I'm sure you're well aware, James Dutton. Um, but a lot of people aren't really thinking about him at this point. There has been enough news cycle behind Ramonde Stevenson, some of the other guys, James White retired. That was like a big distraction. And people have really forgotten about Damian Harris. Um the dude's done nothing but produce, going all the way back to his Alabama days. And yeah, the touchdowns maybe are a little bit fluky, but like if he see if he's getting a majority of the snaps, that's definitely worth what he's going at, which is like. 10-15 bucks. Like that's easy, easy money, in my opinion. Um, another guy that I think people are just like forgetting about and is just like flying under the radar in drafts is Elijah Moore. Uh he's a wide receiver out of Ole Miss. Um he broke like every Ole Miss wide receiver record. And that that has a there's really good pedigree at Ole Miss, like Laquan Treadwell, which a lot of people forget about. DK Metcalf, who is really, really good. Like Eli Moore broke all those records when he was at Ole Miss. There's optimism that Joe Flacco is going to be able to hold the boat while Zach Wilson's out. And then when Zach Wilson comes back, he's supposedly having really good rapport with Elijah Moore. And I think for where you're getting him at, which is probably going to be like that $5 range or so, like he's totally worth the gamble. And he's someone that people are forgetting.
2: I cannot believe you put in a relevant Laquan Treadwell reference (laughs) into a fantasy podcast where he has not produced his entire NFL career. So kudos to you on that one. I I think you also have to consider – the, the one failing point for the value draft is like you said, it feels great to get all those good value picks, but what you run into is it's like the end of the draft and everyone else has blown their entire budget, and you're like, oh my god, I filled out my roster and have a hundred dollars left, right? So then now you're like, holy shit, like, yeah, it feels really good to get you know Travis Etienne for 20 bucks, but. I have a hundred dollars left. I would have much rather have only $40 left right now and have JT instead or, you know, something like that. So that's one of those ones where it's good to mock draft a little bit, especially if you're a first timer, because there's nothing worse than ending the draft. And like the only thing you can do with your budget is bid a defense from $1 to $2 because that's the defense you want or or something like that. Like that's not a good use of your dollars. You want to go get the the best possible players.
0: Yeah. You can't take it with you. Truly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I would. I, I 100% second that. And that was the mistake I made last year. I and I finished sixth out of 16. So I felt pretty good about that. Not snagging a top 10 player. Um, but I, you know, was so sticker shocked. I think so, I'm a frugal person generally. And you we all don't want to spend too much money in life. And we're poor college students. So I was like, I was totally Flow, like flabbergasted by how much people were paying like Najee Harris I think went for $80 in our league last year and so um however I was hurting like the whole season because I had Miles Gaskin was the first running back I could pick up
2: that's for- a name <laughs> <laughs> yeah All um, breaks.
1: <laughs> yeah um I and, oh no Klein I had I love Clyde. I will not be choosing him in any of my leagues ever again, but I'm rooting for him. Like I want him to succeed. Short um, King. But short King. That was a tough one. Short King. Yes, absolutely. Um, and so I just got really burned on running backs. And then even I, I put a lot of faith in Amari Cooper, who's a name we haven't brought up on. I don't think I've heard you guys talk about him at all. And And he's pretty irrelevant after last season. He just didn't really perform. And that's, why he was treated so I had Amari Cooper and Tyler Lockett which I felt like were really great for the price I got them at but also didn't it was a bad season for both of them so I I I, what I'm saying is I agree with you James I'm gonna push past my fear of overspending in the first round to really challenge on some of these bigger um, high-performing players and there's a line that one of you had earlier that was just like I'd rather get burned if like Jonathan Taylor gets hurt than like having to like juggle. Miles Gaskin <laughs> and like, put all my faith in him because I didn't want to spend money.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, thank you for giving us a Pod One shout out. That was a, a quote from yours truly in the, the very first time we recorded, so I, I appreciate that. The fandom is showing.
0: <laughs> I think if you do go the value pick, you're 100 percent right. Like you have to turn into a waiver warrior very, very quickly because you got to be willing to just like completely drop that guy because he's not going to be a star. The, the quote you just had, it 100 reminded me of a quote by, uh, I think it was Jim Caldwell who is a coach of the Indianapolis Colts whenever Peyton Manning was there. and Yeah, James, you know what you're talking about? Yeah,
2: I, I know what it's
0: <laughs> It's a great one. It's, it's basically saying, oh, if Peyton Manning goes down, why, why, is your, why is your backup quarterback not getting ready? And Jim Caldwell was like, oh, we don't practice fucked. If, if Peyton Manning <laughs> goes down, we're just fucked. And I thought that was one of the funniest things. It's just like, we're not even going to try. We we're just going to lose. So, I, I like swinging for the fences. I 100% agree. I'm a little bit more willing to get in the mud uh, my mom's a mutter. My dad's a mutter. It's a Seinfeld reference. Oh, and I, I'm totally willing to do the waiver warrior kind of stuff, but I completely understand why you get those like top tier guys yeah. at the same time.
2: Uh, if you don't mind, I want to direct here. Cause so Olivia talked about not wanting to pay up for quarterback and, and I, that's a strategy and you know, I talked about in our quarterback pod when you can say we were both like, Hey, it's okay to wait until the 10th round. Like you don't have to be the, the person taking the first QB off the board. So maybe talk a bit about why, you don't love paying up for a quarterback here and then maybe highlight some of those people that you'd want so like are are you setting a budget of five dollars for a QB are you really just like screw it if someone snipes me on my my one or two dollar pick here like I don't care I'll just go for the next one
1: so I just you know um have accepted that people like you know in this league Patrick McCombs is going to go early I think Joe Burrow is going to go really early just because of who they are and 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 the kind of names they have. And so I do think that there's going to be value towards like that eighth round left. Um, and, and I'm budgeting 10, 15 bucks. Like I would pay that for, um, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I I, I, I don't know. Bucks, I'm open back here, but that's kind of my thoughts. Like, I think there's going to be value left towards towards the end that people aren't really thinking about once we get past the big names. So maybe yeah. you all have thoughts on, like, well, what those – Yeah, I think,
2: are. I think your budget there is wrong, right? So if you say 15, that puts you in a really weird kind of purgatory space where it's like you're missing out on the top six, but then you're way over budgeting for, like, a Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers – so I would think really hard of like, it's almost like you want a $5 cap or like a $20 cap, right? So like it's either you're cool getting whoever's left of like the, you know, the tier three, like eight through 12 quarterbacks, or you're like, I am paying up for Lamar for Justin Herbert. And I know that's going to cost $20. Yeah.
1: And, and that makes sense. And what just occurred to me though, is, is that my quarterback strategy really depends on how, successful I am with my top 10 strategy so if I don't get myself in there um, which I think I will be able to but if I don't then I'll bump that quarterback allocation up and try to get you know Lamar or or one of the the really like solid high point producing quarterbacks that we've talked about Um, but if I am able to get a couple of those top players what are some of maybe I'd love to hear like who are the quarterbacks we're avoiding uh, at at that $5 range. That will definitely be there.
0: Is Trey Lance really only going for $8, Jimmy D? That,
2: so that's... I use um, Fantasy Pros. so I'll, I'll give them a shout-out. But that, that's kind of... they You know, they're just going based off of the, the amount of mocks that's been run on their program. But, yeah, it's...
0: I can't believe that's, yeah, Trey, that's Trey Lance. That, that like, has okay. to, like... I don't know. Like, I can't even avoid that. $8 for Trey Lance, like... That's a steal. That's a that's a sale right there. That's like when you go into Lululemon and everything's like seventy five percent off. Like that that just seems like a guaranteed win right there. But um, other guys in like the five dollar range that we're avoiding was that your question, Livy? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't love Derek Carr. I, I just looking at mm-hmm. like the the values. Like it's Carr versus Cousins. Are right that five dollar range. i already have Cousins all day. Um, I like Tua, but I'd rather avoid Tannehill. Like I feel like that's a really easy mm-hmm. dichotomy For sure. there. And then uh, T. Law, Trevor Lawrence, as much as like he's a weirdo right out of that Clemson offense, um, I think he's a great value at one dollar. Um, mm-hmm. You're definitely paying for future performance with that, rather than past performance. And like honestly, like if you're just gonna wait for a guy, like you might as well just go all the way down to a dollar and get this T. Law or a Matt Ryan or a James Winston for a dollar, because your your incremental value isn't changing that much, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, th- thinking of this as a casual, like right? that's where I'm trying to put the mindset here. Mm-hmm. I think Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Herbert are avoids because I think they're going to go for too much. I, I think yeah. you're going to have people – someone might throw up Patrick Mahomes as the second pick, and like someone might bid $40 for him or just something crazy because they're like, I know that person. He's on TV. He's on commercials. He's an MVP. That's my guy. And, and that just happens in casual drafts. The people they won't know are the Trevor Lawrences. Like, Yeah, he was the number one overall pick just last year. But he played on the Jaguars so like I don't know if he got mentioned on ESPN one time except for mm-hmm. look he threw his first touchdown pass and next segment so I, I like Trevor Lawrence at a dollar I like mm-hmm. Justin Fields at a dollar too I I don't think the Bears are going to be particularly great right but he's I mean he has the ability to scramble he has I and mean, he's going to have opportunities to to produce and again at a dollar it's like Screw it, I can take Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. I only spent $2, you know, and and that's kind of me trying to just take a flyer on on quarterback and see what happens.
0: Do you Mm -hmm. think, Jimmy D, do you think like half of America knows who Jalen Hurts is right now?
2: I think probably 95% knows because they're assuming based off of recent Madden projections as well as just how ESPN talks about NFL that Jalen Hurts is probably second in the running for MVP behind Justin Herbert. I don't
0: know if I agree with that. I feel like a lot of people out there think Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott because like the Eagles, the Cowboys, like those are two very visible brands. Every time they mess up, they get absolutely hammered by the media. So I feel like those are two guys that could end up being
2: – Yeah, I agree more for the Dak side of that. I think you could get Dak for cheap because of cowboy fatigue. Yeah. I think people aren't quite – Like they don't understand how obnoxious Eagles Nation is, and they're going to see it here pretty soon if the if the Eagles are a playoff contender. So like you're going to see how how bad it can be if, if Jalen Hurts does well. But he's he's been getting hyped up. You know, I'm, I'm seeing it here. He's yeah. at like $18, you know, so he's like a $20 quarterback potentially versus Dak at the 13 range, but I think Dak could go lower just because people are like, you know, like you said, he just gets hammered by media, so yeah, the mm-hmm. thing of that, either someone in your league is going to be super high or no one's going to be high at all, and, and you just kind of have to, you know, roll the punches there.
0: Yeah, honestly, Dak, honestly, outside of Trey Lance might be my favorite value just looking at the list. like. I had this one buddy who sent me a video this week comparing Dak to Kirk Cousins. And like, those are just like two demonstrably different quarterbacks in my mind. Like Dak is like borderline MVP candidate and Kirk Cousins is like the over under middle of the road waiver wire line guy. So it's like, I I would love to have Dak. They have him at $12 on fantasy pros. I feel like he's one of the best value because I don't even think he's going to go to $12. I think he's going to be at like $8 or $7 or something like that because people see him on ESPN and you have Skip Bayless just making fun of him every single week. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, the, that that's helpful. And, um, you know, I think we've talked quarterbacks, we've talked running backs, we've talked wide receivers. Before we move on from – I do have a receiver I want to throw out there just because of the Trevor Lawrence reference, and I'm a big Trevor Lawrence fan uh, like he was so great in Clemson I really actually went during the draft I wanted the Bengals to hold off on Joe Burrow I did I personally didn't believe in him I was like it's Trevor Lawrence or bust for the franchise so I I'm totally fine if I can get him and maybe some of his hair magic will mm-hmm. uh, rub off on me but I've been tracking Christian Kirk have you guys in in the preseason and just like the role he could play on uh, the Jaguars as a receiver I I'm curious if if you all have him on your radar as like a late receiver pick that could deliver points
2: yeah I, so first point you're correct Trevor Lawrence's hair is beautiful it's a flowing mane of just rolled steel and sex appeal so for that alone he should be drafted everywhere now this is going to be this one's going to be for Mad Mac here just finance bro time put on the tinfoil hat you got to follow the money The Jaguars paid, I mean, like they reset the wide receiver mark going after Christian Kirk. Some might call it a terrible play. We know Balky's not the greatest GM in the world, but there's kind of an element to it. Like if you're going out to pay someone that much money, like you want to use him, right? So there's definitely a, you know, there's there's smoke there. I think there's going to be fire to follow. And I don't think people know who Christian Kirk is. So to your point, he's a wide receiver one. He's got a, a great quarterback. I've seen some throws Trevor's making in preseason that just look unbelievable. I mean, like he's just able to really thread that ball in there. It, it could be an awesome season for Christian Kirk. And and if you can get him for, let's, let's see what we have. I don't know if you have it pulled up, but I can't imagine it's an insane price to get Christian Kirk right now because he's he's kind of more of a, yeah. a bargain bin baller. It's us $9. So yeah, if you get him for a $10, like that, I think that could be really good. And that, that's a, a good way to round out your bench.
0: Yeah, I think you make a great point here, Livy. He's been one of my favorites to get in the late rounds. Um, I think we all, I, I may have made this point, so apologies if I have on a previous pod, but I feel like we all try to play armchair GM where we're all being like, oh, we want to get as much value for every dollar that we pay. But when we're playing fantasy, it's not my money that's going to these guys. I don't care. I just want to be able to get the best possible guy who's going to be getting the most yards, the most catches, and the most touchdowns. And Christian Kirk is one of those guys that does that. I think everybody's kind of acting like Christian Kirk is just this scrub that they found on the side of the road. Like there's a reason they paid 17 million dollars to this guy per year on average annual value. He's a second former second-round pick out of Texas AM. He got 982 yards last year and five touchdowns. Like that's extremely solid. And if you add a little bit of progression, you take out some of the competition, no more D hop,
2: no more Rondale Moore. No more. No more Lavisca Chenault. They just traded him. Yeah, so, like, it... there's less competition in Jacksonville. Even like,
0: who's going to take away receptions from? Is it going to be Marvin Jones Jr. in the year of our Lord 2022? Like, absolutely. <laughs> so, I, I I love Marvin Jones Jr. To be fair, former line, um, former Bengal as well. Uh, so, I I love the Kirk take. I, I think he's a great value, especially for this uh, salary cap exercise that we're doing.
2: Yeah, awesome. Were, were you yeah. trying to direct this towards tight ends? Possibly was that the yeah okay yeah, was- I, I gotta I gotta go on, on this I, I was just like you know in the words of Peter Baumgartner this has been teed up for me right here so we got to go after <laughs> it uh you, you mentioned Travis Kelsey earlier and, and for $36 which is kind of his you know that's a second round pick more or less I couldn't be more against that when you have Kyle Pitts out there at 17 so like just looking at the the value here it's like if you can actually get Kyle Pitts at this value, so I'm looking at Kelsey, 36, Andrews, 35, Waller, 17, Pitts, 17, Dalton, Schultz, 16, Kittle, 15. Like, of those names, it makes sense that Kelsey and Andrews are together. I have no idea how Kyle Pitts is looped in with Waller, Schultz, and Kittle. Like, his upside and just the the likelihood of high target share in his offense to me puts him a step above. Like, I can understand if you put him under Andrews and, and Kittle because of – or under Kelsey just because of the, the offenses that they're in. But mm-hmm. this dude is an absolute stud athlete. We've hyped him up all year. He's like on all of my team, so I'm trying to talk it into existence. But I, I just that's like the that's for me the target you go after because people might not know him, right? Like getting a highly drafted tight end isn't exactly a, a huge news, uh, like news breaking move. So people might not really know who he is just yet. And if you get him for ten or fifteen bucks, like half the price of, of Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, and 90 percent of the production i think is, a, is almost a no-brainer
1: yeah that makes a lot of sense to me and i and i hear you on that i just think i i'm not going to overpay for kelsey but if it's an option i'm going to snag him like i just think he's reliable and with it it's it's just a good snag but you're right he goes for way more than 36 dollars sometimes um so, the I guess the strategy here that I've been contemplating. I'm I'm high on pits as well. I think um, you know, I'm going to admit something like I have no clue who Mark Andrews is. You guys brought him up. Like never heard the name. Like can't even remember it. That's two first names. Like I'm probably not going to draft this dude. Um, I'll let somebody else grab him. I just don't know. I don't know him. So, Wait, um, Livy, am- Livy,
0: who do you know whose first name is Andrews? <laughs> 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 Never seen that S on there before, but I mean, yep. go off. <laughs>
1: okay. Um, also,
2: I'm gonna throw out there the disrespect to Mark Andrews. I think he oh. outscored Kelsey by like. Fifty points last year.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry, I just don't know him. Like we haven't like I haven't like sat down for. See, that's the,
2: that's the mentality in a casual fantasy. So you got to be prepared. So, so if people don't know Mark Andrews and he's like ten dollars less than Kelsey, you should probably jump on that too. Okay. Yeah, Great.
1: yeah. Um, but yes, I'm big on Kyle Pitts, and if but the the what I want to talk to you guys about is like when do like the the challenge with the salary league is like any player you put up. Whether people know them or not in the second round and in the third round, people are going to bid and they want to bid up because they're like, wow, you must be putting this person up because they're good. And I, I, I don't want to bring Pitts into the fold too early to pay more than 25 bucks or 20 bucks for him, which he would get bid up on.
2: Yeah, so here's the tough part because unfortunately ESPN does rank them in kind of like ADP order. So mm-hmm. naturally, people just go, "Oh, I don't know who's even available. I just will pick whoever's at number one on the on the block right now." So the, I think the strategy that I like to do here, uh, Matthew, kind of mentioned it earlier, is like. Throw up Justin Tucker because he might be a kicker that people know early, and it doesn't mess up that draft order. So you can kind of keep sliding down some of the people you want, and, and see if you can't you know trick people into paying ten bucks for a kicker. Uh, same for like defenses. But in general, think of the top people that you don't want. So like you know you said earlier you don't want Christian McCaffrey. That mm-hmm. means you want to put him on the auction because you want people to to spend their money on McCaffrey early. Same thing, like a Zeke Elliott, it's a big name. It's someone that Matthew and I haven't really been targeting this this season, but you know he, he's going to get a lot of, of bidding action, so that would be a, a good pick. Damian Pierce, who has been just vaulting up boards, you throw him up early, you might get people going, oh yeah, I've heard of this guy. Like, oh, is he RB1 in Texas? Like, yeah, I, I could put $35, $40 down on someone that should be a 7th a or 8th round pick, right? So try to be very strategic about people, you know, always putting up Yeah, I mean, you have to be kind of tricky about it because if you always put up someone you don't want, people might catch on. But with it being a casual league, they might not realize that you're only putting up players you don't want. So I would almost – until it's like no one else can beat you for the bid, put up players that you just don't want on your roster and get other people to spend on them.
0: Yeah, and people will spend. Like, the defense kicker thing, like, as much fun as it sounds, like, it actually happens. Like, I know, like, my brother, for example, huge Ravens fan. If I put Baltimore defense up and Justin Tucker up, like – I'll just outbid him. I'll just keep going back and forth with him until we get to like 6 $7. And I know that's kind of his limit. He just spent three times as much as he's supposed to on those guys. And it's so freaking easy. It's like taking candy from a baby. Like I'm all about being very nice and friendly in real life. But when it comes to fantasy, we have no friends. So <laughs> I, I think that is 100% a great strategy, James. And I think you should do that as much as possible. Let's
1: take. I'm going to throw out a take here um, about a player that I haven't heard mentioned a whole lot, but was huge on fantasy boards last year. And that's Waller. I went after him. I felt really good about the value I got and he just did not perform. Like mm-hmm. uh, for fantasy, I
2: mean. Like, <laughs> a hamstring injury. He, he had a hamstring injury early and it, it kind of hampered him the whole season. And he
1: has a hamstring injury again. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah that's what I was going to say. He still kind of has a lingering hammy issue. Uh, mm-hmm. So Oakland still, like they love him, right? They I think they extended him or, or re-signed him, however it goes. Like he, he's going to be a part of their offense, but man, it's tough. When he's going at the same price as some other tight ends that I, I also like, it's hard to justify paying up for Waller just because, you know, we talk age, like he's young in NFL seasons, but he is almost 30. Like I think he's 29 or 30 years old to this point. So even though he's only played a couple seasons where people have like realized he's in the league, he hasn't necessarily had big seasons till the past few years. Um, I, I don't dislike the guy. I just think you have to get the right price. So if he starts going up over $10 to me, it's like, I just kind of throw my hands up and go that that's too much for me just based off of the, the shroud of mystery around him and again if you're coming into the season with a hammy injury and your whole job is sprinting as fast as you can that doesn't exactly bode well for keeping your hamstring healthy
0: mm-hmm. yeah Darren Waller his name has been keeping me up at night I've been drafting him in a handful of leagues so I've usually been going for pets because they usually go around the same range or go for the same price and yeah it, it's making my stomach hurt just thinking about Darren Waller mm-hmm. so uh, Jimmy, do you mention the contract situation? He actually hasn't signed a new contract yet. He did. Okay. Yeah. So uh, he was supposed to, and then he like fired his agent, and now like things are really murky on what his future is going to look like, which is, could be a good thing, right? Like, oh, he's in a contract here. He's going to be playing for more money and everything. But the, the injury issue. The fact that like he's gonna be phased out of offense a little bit more with Renfro and Devontae Adams being there.
2: Like I mean, is an absolute red zone threat. So like you want your tight end to be the red zone target, not the wide receiver. We like
0: talked about last uh when we did our tight end episode, Darren Waller got like 19 targets or something against the Ravens in like week one or two, whenever that was. Like, and then he was never hit that again. You really think the Raiders are gonna throw 19 passes to him ever again with Devontae Adams being there? Like, no, like Devontae Adams is gonna be a sponge. I honestly, like, I feel like I'd rather draft Kittle at this point. And honestly, if I'm not getting one of those top four guys, Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts, or Kittle, like, screw it. I'm just punting the tight end position, and I'm going for, like, Alberto or something like that, someone who's a sleeper pick. Because all those other guys are just going to be wasted money, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They're
1: all
0: going to mm-hmm. be the same player. They're all going to be the same player. That's all it comes down to.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'll report back but I'm just, like, real hurt after last season. Yeah. And, and I saw how much – having a tight end gap on my roster hurt me. So I think if you have a strong tight end, sometimes that's like a really like that. If you get one of those top four, I think it's a game changer sometimes like towards the end of the season when people are falling off. Side note, the Bengals did today pick up Devin Asiasi.
2: Okay. Out of UCLA on the Patriots. He didn't do a thing for us. So good luck.
1: We are a tight end like no one. We have not had yeah. a tight end for years.
2: <laughs> we, we've so- been drafting what feels like two tight ends a year since Hernandez um, left the NFL. Uh, so it's like we cannot find the production that we once had with the, the Gronk Hernandez-Wombo combo, and we've been trying to get it for so long. We, we overpaid for Johnu and, and Hunter Henry in this past offseason. I mean, Hunter Henry's produced, but like I mean we really – you know, spent the bag on tight ends and we're still just trying to figure that out. Yeah. So
0: your guys and Steve should go over to the Baltimore Ravens, see what special sauce they're drinking, because they can turn I mean, out like
2: that, balls. and we need to learn how the how the Steelers draft wide receivers because we're having a rough go there as well. Yeah,
0: I don't get it, dude. Some teams are just better idea identifying, identifying position talent. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to our deep, deep sleepers. Guys who we think could be uh good values at a one dollar price tag. So, Doobie D, who's the first guy that you're thinking of?
2: Yeah, I'm. first of all, I'm sad. I came up with the, the segment Dollar Ballers, and you just glossed over that and said, all who's right. your deep sleeper? So, like, that right. is painful all as right. is. Uh, I talked about him earlier, so I'll, glo- yeah, I'll gloss for over that, it. I Jacoby Myers, I think, could go for a dollar. He might go past that, so that feels a little cheating. But if you can get him for one or two bucks, I'd go there. Uh, the guy that I would target would be, like, a Khalil Herbert. So, uh, Livy, you mentioned David Montgomery going for eighty-eight dollars or whatever last year in your league. I don't think that'll happen again. But regardless, you know Montgomery is a, a volume producer, and and I don't know if the volume is going to keep being there. Like he's just kind of hitting that point where it's like the offense is going to change to a, a more Justin Fields pass focused offense versus just hoping that David Montgomery rips off an eighty-yard touchdown because that that's that was kind of like his entire production was like twenty carries. One of them being bit a big touchdown gain. Khalil Herbert came in for him last year when he was injured and looked great. I mean, he was explosive. He was, I mean, just getting you know, great yards per carry, Every everything that you want out of a, a free running back, more or less. And that's someone that I, I wouldn't be, uh, or I guess I'm, I'm targeting a decent amount this year because, you know, there's a an avenue for him to jump into that running back one role if, if Montgomery goes out. And I also think the Bears started to show like, hey, maybe we don't give. Monty 20 touches maybe we go 15 and, and give 10 to, to Herbert and if Herbert keeps producing that number just kind of keeps going up Love
1: it. yeah nice I I, um, I I think that's a solid play and that actually links to, to the Bears offense is present also in my dollar ballers so
2: I can't believe no one wants to pay up for Bears players it's it's insane uh, <laughs> but who, who do you what what bear are you targeting Livy?
1: Cole Komet, so, um, and my fantasy scars are showing with my dollar ballers. I got running backs and tight ends here. Um, but you know, with the bears offense, you mentioned that they're probably going to be passing more. Um, Justin Fields is looking decent in preseason and, um, Kemet has been kind of his number two in the preseason. So that doesn't say a lot, but if I can pick him up for a dollar and he's performing and he's, he's scoring the touchdowns, which he has been surprisingly, um, I, I'm I'll happily take that for a dollar for like a backup tight end. If I have no one
2: else. Yeah. I, th- I think you're missing the main point here too, which is it seems the bears wide receiver core is cursed currently. So Darnell Mooney is the only like remotely healthy wide receiver in Chicago. And Cole Komet, luckily, is a receiving option that's not in the wide receiver room. So you want those tight ends that aren't going to have that that, uh, Hallis Hall curse. And I think Cole Komet is a good option there.
0: Yeah, my first guy I'm also similarly scarred on, Brandon Ayuk, ruined my life last year at the beginning of the year. He looked like the best value at wide receiver. He was a second-year receiver in that San Francisco 49ers offense that was a machine. And the next thing I know, he just ends up in the Shanahan doghouse for some reason. And no one could really understand why. No one could explain why. There was, there was character concerns. There was an injury or something. I, I feel like it's all just bullshit. However, however, if he falls to about a dollar, if you're in a league with a bunch of guys like me who just got completely ruined by Brandon Ayuk, he's like that guy who just like doesn't call you back. He's just like not that injured. I think Brandon Ayuk could be a great value this year and could get close to like 900 yards or so this year. And that's, that's kind of all you want from a wide receiver three or a flex option.
2: Did you happen to draft him before Debo Samuel? Because I know that happened to a lot of people. They were, they were higher on Ayuk than, than Debo. And at the end of the year, they were just looking at like, oh my God, I could have had Debo. Dude,
0: 100%. Like if you're a college football fan like me, Debo is just like average, mid. Brandon Ayuk was like a top tier talent. And then all of a sudden, Roles just switched just for no reason. That's all I love the NFL, you know, just things, things, they hurt you, you know, (laughs) who else do you all have for your dollar ballers?
2: Yeah, I'll stick with uh, receivers here and someone that's not getting a lot of love in the off season, but really came on or came into himself last year, which is KJ Osborne for the Vikings. So I think that Vikings offense is just going to be significantly better under the regime change. Kirk cousins is finally going to have a coach that doesn't want to murder him every single practice. Uh, And I can see, you know, every like Justin Jefferson's getting all the love and deservedly so. He's an amazing receiver, but that leaves, you know, KJ Osborne to having potential like nickel corners as well as, you know, third string corners on him because Justin Jefferson's getting bracketed and double teamed the whole game. So, you know, I'd I'd expect him to really come into himself. He has a, a chance at, you know, being a thousand yard receiver at a dollar. So, you know, if it doesn't work out, you cut him. If it does, you look like a genius. Love it.
1: Nice. I like that. Um, Somebody who was already mentioned earlier is Chris Olave. I think he's valued at $2. I think it's going to get, we're going to get to the end of the draft and it's going to be a dollar unless somebody else is looking to snipe him. And um, we know he's talent, like he's expected to perform well and could be a great person to just have on the squad and watch at the beginning of the season.
2: That and people know Slanty Boy, they know the Michael Thomas name, but he's st- it still sounds like he's kind of hurt, like he has a hamstring thing going on now. Like he he might never play in, in the NFL again and still keep going in the fourth round.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, my last couple of guys I got Tila, Tra- Trevor Lawrence. We've touched on him and his flowing hair, uh, just makes sense. And honestly, like he's just a fun player to have on your fantasy team, either way, uh, he'll make some sports center worthy plays. Uh, my last guy, also, he's maybe a bit of a stretch for this category, but Chase Edmonds. Um, James Konski mentioned him whenever we did our mock draft with him. It's like I saw God. I was like, Chase Edmonds, like this could totally be the guy. Um, it just makes a lot of sense drafting those guys in those later, mid to later rounds that you don't really know what the running back situation is going to look like. And just like snagging which one you think is going to win the job. Sonny Michelle's gone. Miles Gaskin is ass. And then you have Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds. And I think Edmonds is going to win the job. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, just like you mentioned, Dutton, I cut it. Who cares? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I'm, I'm definitely nervy about the Dolphins, but I think they have a better setup this year. And Chase Edmonds could be really successful there, especially if they kind of like shrug away the the trash weight they're carrying. Um the last person I had that is like out of nowhere, but just a like a potential rookie I love is Kenneth Walker III, who is hurt right now. I don't think anybody's going to take him. Uh, it just depends on how the rest of my roster lays out. But I just I, I think he could be successful on the Seahawks. Like could have a breakout season, and he had a hernia. I feel like you can recover from that pretty quickly, so he should be good. Yeah,
0: I feel like we Kenneth. I feel like we slandered him a little too much, JVD.
2: <laughs> well, probably a little bit, but. Uh, you know, I'll, 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 I'll give the positive here. Pete Carroll loves running the football. So Rashad Penny's going to get a ton of touches. And then mm-hmm. Kenneth Walker, hopefully, as you said, he had that. I don't know if he had surgery or not, but he had the sports hernia issue. So hopefully that gets cleared up and, he, you know, he can get his 15 or so touches a game and 15 touches out of dollars, like more than you could ever ask for. So that, that puts you in a really mm-hmm. good position. 100%.
0: Mm-hmm. So we wanted to get Libby in on the hot takes that we do on the on these uh, segments. So we're doing a little bit of a different one here where Jimmy D is going to be doing this segment called Whose Take Is It Anyway? Basically, what he's going to be doing is reading off a take that a sports media professional has actually said. And we have to guess who said it. Libby and I have no clue who said these. We're just going to be guessing random people off the cuff. And hopefully we end up make, making a
2: couple of them right. So we'll see. Yeah, well, so I just went and found people that somehow are making a living talking about sports, found the dumbest things they've – maybe not the dumbest things, but some of the dumber things they've said, uh, listed them out, I want to see you know who can guess it first. So very oh, first quote here.
1: Oh, no, this is a team effort. I do okay. not
2: All – right. All You we'll guys see. are basically
1: the only sports talking heads I follow. That's not true, but I can't name that I, many.
2: I hope one day my take can be on this list, so we'll see. Uh, All right, first one we got here: Tim Tebow is better than Aaron Rodgers. And this was during the height of Tebow mania. It was not like a recent take, so you know I'm kind of going through the the uh, history books here. But Tim Tebow better than Aaron Rodgers? Who would who would say that?
0: I feel like I I feel like I've heard all of these before, but like trying to Mm -hmm. pin a face slash name to the quote is so hard. Like this is to be like an aggressively Christian person to make this claim. A okay. Florida
1: fan, a Florida. What hmm. sports casters are Florida fans?
0: Um, is it Kirk Herb Urban Meyer? Yeah, Urban Meyer.
2: Ma- <laughs> Urban Meyer's a Florida fan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that might be the best choice. That might be the best choice. Louie, you want to go with Urban Meyer? I was going to say like Kirk Herb Street, or there's a couple other Florida guys. I could
1: see that. Yeah, I could see that. I'm I'm in support of. Kirk Herb street i don't think okay. urban meyer considered like a sports. Hey, he
2: talks on on fox yeah. sports or whatever so that, that is incorrect i'll give you a hint that should get you the rest of the way here this is a proud vanderbilt graduate vanderbilt is this tommy Mackey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> less proud than tommy Mackey.
0: Uh, I don't know anyone who else went to
2: Vanderbilt. Uh, that is a Skip Bayless quote. Ah, oh, Skip went to Vanderbilt? I didn't know that. He did. He he mentions it a lot. If you ever listen to his well,
1: show. how we won't unhear it.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. I usually tune it out. Okay, cool. All
2: right, so second quote we got here. I've got two things to say. One is that Mark Sanchez is emerging as a star in this league. You better ask somebody. The other thing is, and just left his tweet blank from that point on. <laughs>
1: So it was on twitter
2: this is a a tweet yeah oh man
0: the mark sanchez quote this gives me big Irvin magic johnson vibes do you okay either of you see his tweets ever he just says like the most like off the wall shit and then just like ends the sentence like just leaves a period at the end doesn't complete the thought so, my guess is Magic Johnson, even though that's cross sports, maybe at one point during like Sports Center or something like that, you made a segment. So, that'd be my guess personally.
1: I don't have a guess. I don't even know who Mark Sanchez is. Uh,
2: Ooh, okay. So, he was a quarterback for the Jets in the the later 2000s, uh, the the proud uh, owner of the butt fumble. It, so, if you ever watch mm-hmm. that highlight, that is Mark Sanchez. Hey, no one
0: remembers Brandon Moore, the other end of the butt fumble, the butt of the butt fumble. No one remembers that.
2: No. No one remembers Vince Wilfork just dominating a grown man, throwing him so hard into a player that the guy fumbles.
0: <laughs> okay, who was this? Do
2: do? This is uh, this is a Stephen A. Smith quote. Ah,
0: no way!
2: Yeah. I
1: would have guessed him for all of these. For the record. <laughs> <laughs>
2: His that, that's are- what makes this segment fun. All all of these people could say these dumb things, but you know it's just a matter of trying to pick the right one. I, maybe I could next time I could give you like a word bank, you know, like a oh try to match the uh, the Honestly, face. Yeah, this that quote. could
1: be that could be a good one for next
0: time. I, I want to get okay. I wanted to get that one like tattooed on my butt. Like I'm writing these names down so I can like go back and. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so quote number three: Katie joining the Warriors makes them a worse team in 2017. So this is right after the 2016 finals the Warriors lose from after being up 3-1 they go through the the free agency and actually land Kevin Durant this sports media put, uh, person thought that made them a worse team going into 2017 they then won back-to-back national or uh, NBA championships
0: yeah yeah um this gives me uh, like we talked about his takes a few weeks ago with college football and just like how bad they are and he just says stuff for content which I don't think he believes I'm going Colin Cowherd on the herd. That's my guess. Okay. I uh,
1: yeah. I'm. I, I don't have a guess for this one. I'm really leaning on you for the NBA callouts here.
0: This one also thinks like it reads like Stephen A. Smith, but I'm assuming it's. This, this does, does read like. this. Yeah.
2: If it was Stephen A. Smith, it would be like they should have grabbed Carmelo. Would be like the comma. Like that's, that's how they made the team better. Uh, no, this is actually Nick Wright. Uh, no. Yeah, I know. See, I was smart. I didn't grab a Brady quote, so you, you wouldn't guess Nick Wright here. So, But, you know, now we got to go with the Brady quote. And I already brought up Nick Wright, so you don't know who to guess. I love Nick Wright. So this is,
0: he's my favorite this is, of all these stupid pundits, by the way. Like, I think he has the most balanced takes, which
2: are still terrible. Really? I think he's awful. You just like him because he loves the Chiefs.
0: Uh, he does, he, he's rational about the Chiefs. He does give me, like, bald Ben Shapiro vibes, though. That's that's fair.
2: Yeah, that's, that's not a great place to be. So... <laughs> This was circa 2016, all right? The uh, the Patriots had just lost the AFC Championship game, you know, going into the the next season which they did actually win a Super Bowl, but uh Tom Brady will be a bum in short order. This was said in, you know, around the 2016 time frame, so 6 years ago at this point, holy cow. I
0: think who do you think it is? Do you have a guess?
1: Not really. I feel
2: like of all of these, this should be the easiest one.
0: I, I'm trying to think of people that are big Brady haters. Like it's not going to be any of the guys on NBC. It's not going to be like Tony Dungy. It's not going to be, um, what's his face? He used to be a safety. Ronnie Harrison for the Patriots. I'm thinking it's the guy who was hating on the Patriots the very next year whenever they lost like two or three straight to start the season. They had just lost to the Bengals on like Monday night or something like that. I think that was Max Kellerman. I could be wrong, but I think that's who it was, so that's my guess.
2: Okay. Lou, you got you got any nope?
1: I can't is imagine it... somebody saying this. And I, I hate I hate Tom Brady. I'm a Tom Brady hater, but I'm a I, I love I respect greatness. So it's dual phone. Yeah.
2: This is a Max Kellerman quote. Ooh. Nice. So, but the 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 speech that you're talking about, I, I know who it was. That was twenty fourteen though, and that was after the Kansas City blowout. Oh. I cannot remember who the guy is. He's oh, I I just I'm trying to think. He's got short hair, he's kinda of thicker, but I don't know, he's all all he does is be Brady hate is like his entire career is like, Oh, I can make fun of Tom Brady, put me on ESPN. The King. Can't think of the guy's name though. I can, I can see his face because I can see him saying it but yeah. and then we actually went on to pistol whip the Bengals in Monday night or like Sunday night football the next know, week like okay. just, yeah
0: yeah see like memory's not kind of sharp anymore you know just getting old
2: well as a Patriots fan you know, I, I gotta go along with with all this uh with all this dialog here. isn't it
0: crazy that Brady went on like six years later and then led the league in passing yards and touchdowns like it's insane anyway last one yeah
2: so good job wait to, hey got one right and then this one you you know, you've already guessed this person, so maybe you'll you'll come back to him. But I know, I know. is a top five player in the NBA and more fun to watch than LeBron James. Some this person likes watching people pass up on open dunks.
1: It's definitely Stephen A. Smith, right?
2: That's your Sounds guess. Like Matt exactly. Mack. you wanna
0: wait. I don't know if it's a different person. Or so there's this really famous rant that Kendrick Perkins did about Ben Simmons, where he stutters for five minutes, and like I don't make fun of people with stutters, like I stutter sometimes, but like he literally could not spit out the word ambidextrous, and he didn't say <laughs> amphibious because he couldn't think of the word. <laughs> this
2: is not the amphibious quote. This is an actual like media head, not a not an athlete. No,
0: Kendrick Perkins is a he's a media head now. He's, con- oh, he? okay, he's, well, he's converted lately, but okay. you said it's someone I already mentioned. Who? Who, did, who else are we talking yeah.
2: about? Oh, is this is this coward? This is Colin Coward. Oh, two out of five ain't
1: bad. This, this gives a huge Stephen A. Smith vibes. This like, does give
2: Stephen A. Smith vibes. I will agree. I, I, honestly, I could go with like Skip Bayless because he is a, a huge LeBron hater. Yeah, but since he doesn't mention Michael Jordan, like it can't be Skip. If, if right. Michael Jordan was somehow like carpet bombed in there, then it would definitely be a Skip Bayless quote. Dude, how is this not a Skip Bayless quote? I don't know. If you... <laughs> I mean, it might be <laughs> just like, he's like, ah, oh, you know, damn it. Someone beat me to it, but I believe it.
0: Okay, sweet. That was a lot of fun. Uh, so last segment that we're doing is a classic, something you do around the campfires, kids. We're doing two truths and a lie. Basically, we're all going to read out three takes that we have. Two of which we believe in. One we do not believe in. The other two people have to try and guess which take is the mm-hmm. fraudulent take. So, Jimmy D, what are your three takes?
2: Yep. Yeah, so I've got the Nets win the NBA championship. We've talked about the fact that Katie is coming back. It's looking promising that Kyrie's coming back. So like they're bringing the the core together. I, I know it didn't work out well last year, but. Uh, you know Ben Simmons will be on that team. He's a top five player, more fun to watch than LeBron James. So you know he could really bring a, a spark that they need. He didn't really play much last season. Um, I could see this team kind of gelling together and actually coming together. You know, finishing that super team aspect and go ahead and winning the NBA championship. I also don't know a ton about the NBA, so that might have been the dumbest possible take. But that's that's where I'm going. Uh, we got Joe Mixon ends outside the outside of RB 15. So. As Olivia's mentioned, she's a Bengals fan. So I was like, how do I throw the Bengals in here and and try to you know, stir up the pot? So Mixon last season, I don't know the exact number, but was like well over double digit touchdowns, which is way out of the norm for him. He was like a normally like a three or four touchdown a year running back. And then just all of a sudden was like, how do I finish off every single Bengals drive with a touchdown? So the regression there, I think is going to really, really pull him down. And he's, he's going as like RB7 right now. I think it's going to be outside of the 15 for, for Mixon, unfortunately. And then the last take here, we've got Kansas City Chiefs missed the playoffs. So we hyped up Juju. But uh, as you guys both know, I don't really believe in social media, especially TikTok. It's just pure Chinese spyware. So Juju and all of that TikTok stuff, you know, they got the Jackson, Mahomes, TikTok and all that going on. Can't stand Brittany, Mahomes. Like everything around the Chiefs is a bunch of negative energy. And they're just honestly, from where they were last year, they're not a better team, but their entire division is better. So to me, I, there's, I think a lot of potential for the chiefs to miss the playoffs this year. Follow Mac and D on TikTok.
1: (laughs) Okay. I'll go first because I feel like Matty Mac probably just knows. So I'm going to, I'm going to guess, and I don't want to be influenced. Um, I mean, these are, there is one take that I cannot believe anybody would think uh, on here. Um, And it has to be the Nets win the NBA championship. I think that is outside the realm of universal possibility at this point. But you really kind of had a convincing tone with that. But I'm just going to go with like logically sound. Okay. this year
2: so okay. you, you said you listened to the pod you've heard me say that the lions will make the uh know <laughs> playoffs this year so I, I don't think the nets winning is outside the realm of what you know the where i'm willing to go on these takes.
0: <laughs> i think james has a serial killer voice sometimes he can make anything that he doesn't believe in sound like something he believes in i think you're also a big enough casual when it comes to the NBA. So far, we're going to get you there. We're going to get you to the level that you need to be at, that you would believe your NBA take. I believe you believe Joe Mixon can fall outside the top 15 because that's how variance works. You miss a few games, you're automatically kind of outside the top 15. I cannot believe you put Chiefs missing the playoffs. That is completely outside of the realm of possibility. They would have to have Mahomes go down, and it had to be like the ghost of Ricky Stanzi or something coming in as the backup. I'm going with the third take is the fake one, Kansas say Chiefs miss the playoffs.
2: Yeah, so making these actually, Libby's correct, I don't believe in the Nets at all. So the, the other two I feel like are, are very possible, and I, I will stand by those hot takes. How? Mainly just because of how, how strong the Chiefs' division is, and I don't think they've done anything to get better this offseason.
0: Okay, okay. We'll, we'll see, we'll see. It's a good thing you didn't pick them in our team draft, right? I, I ended up picking them if I remember correctly. So
2: uh, uh, I think I actually ended up getting them.
0: Oh yeah, you did. So why did you pick somehow them? somehow they by? just like?
2: <laughs> I I mean like it's one of those things like, like you're just playing the numbers, you know? Okay, fair enough.
0: Okay, Libby, who's with them?
1: Okay, um, uh, something we didn't get to mention is that I'm like I follow women's sports, professional sports, a lot more closely. Like this is the most I've talked about the NFL in one sitting probably in a, like a really long time. So it's been great, but everyone listening should be watching women's sports. The WNBA finals are on, um, stuff like that. But my first take is if Brittany Griner were any NBA player, not even top stars, uh, not only would we be hearing more about her case, but she, w- they would be home by now. That's my first take. My second take is if I were in the position to join live golf, I would. And my third tape take is the NIL goes far enough for college athletes.
2: Mad Mac, you want the first crack, or You want me to take this?
0: Yeah, I think knowing you, I think the first one is just facts. So like, I think anybody has to believe that to a degree. I remember, like, about a decade ago, there's a catcher for the Nationals who went home to see his family in Venezuela. And he was held captive for, like, 40-some days after getting kidnapped. And this is, like, when baseball was kind of struggling right after the recession in '08, And so they didn't have the money to, like, pay his ransom and also, like, don't want to pay for stuff like that. You know, don't negotiate with terrorists. And they got, like, front-page news. Like, Sports Illustrated was writing articles, like, every freaking day about it. So I think the first one was just truth. Um, I have my own opinions about NIL. I think, I think you would also be on the side ever so slightly. Like there's, there's parts that are good and bad about NIL, but I think, I think that NIL goes, ah, this is tough. Like number two is just kind of ridiculous. Cause like, I feel like a lot of people don't want to join live. You're talking about like the, the Saudi Arabia backed thing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But like your name is Livy, like hitting in the lift, like that's just like an automatic brand partnership. So like I think you would do that. So I'm gonna go with the nil goes far enough. I think you're probably a little beyond that. You think the nil should go a little bit further. That's my guess.
2: Okay, so I, I like where you started there. Uh, yeah, the the Brittany Griner one definitely feels like true. like I think the the best example I heard was like if LeBron was somehow captured in Russia, like I don't think ESPN would stop just airing like a live feed of his cell until he got brought home uh so that one just feels like it's too easy as a as a fact like fact versus like a hot take so like i'm just taking that one out Mm -hmm. so we go to the if i were in position you would i would join live like yeah i i would too like i mean it's 50 mil just to be like okay i can i can shank a couple golf balls here and then i think more so with the nil going far enough i i think that one's the one you don't believe in because if the, the listeners don't know, both uh, Olivia and I were uh, college athletes, and we were both in sports that made no money, right? So like, this isn't really something that would have affected us in any way. So I, I was track, she was soccer, like that doesn't exactly bring in the the advertising dollars. But at the same time, we understand the demand that is put on NCAA athletes, and I could care less if they get every last dime possible. It, you know, it, it's so easy for for these people to get hurt. And then, like the college just doesn't care that you exist anymore after that. Like once you're gone, you might get the occasional like, "Hey, donate money to our new thing." But th- it's not like they're taking care of you. If you if you get hurt making the college money, it, it like the the support system just completely goes by the wayside. So to me, I feel like that one's the one where it's like, since we know Livy, it's it's pretty easy to tell. Like she does not think NLA goes far enough. Like she would be, I think, perfectly happy watching athletes get ten million dollars a year if they could. So. I'm going to agree with Mad Mac. I think the NIL is the, uh, the the lie of the two truths here.
0: You
1: guys are wrong.
2: No. Come on. Come on. I was so so passionate too.
1: I believe everything you say, it was all about the wording. I should have put it's okay today. So the NIL at first, I thought that was going to be my take. I was like thinking about it. And actually there's like, Um, It's developing in a way that is is going to expand to just uh, benefit athletes. Like, it's only getting more expansive, like – Um, Universities are hiring staff to help student athletes with their endorsements. Like, I love to see that. Um, And the thing I want to see, I'm totally with you, James. Like, I want to see players get their name and likeness for jerseys sold, like football jerseys sold by the school. Like, they should be paid by the schools that they represent. But I'm okay with the NIL where it stands today. I think it needs to get better. But right now, it's a huge improvement. Um, For listeners, I am a huge traditionalist when it comes to sports. I hate live golf. I think it's going to be horrible for everything. It's a huge mess. I'm a huge golf fan at the moment. So I'll come back for the master's draft that you guys host in the spring. Um, and we can talk about those players. But I hate live golf with a passion at the moment. I think it's absolutely destroying the integrity of of golf in a way that is not productive. There is a productive way to do that. But also side note, just so you guys know, Colin Morikawa's agent is a WashU U MBA alum.
2: No way. What are they on? Okay. I, just, yeah. I have a quick question for you. Yeah. If I had the means to offer you $75 million right now to go kick soccer balls and I'll say like Indonesia, would you accept it?
1: It's just a lot different. You can't compare it. But if I were like Colin Morikawa I would not leave the PGA to go play for Live Golf. I just think it's—I
2: think that's it. easy to say until someone hands you a check and says, no, well,
1: I, I "Yeah, <laughs> I'm not condemning these players. I get it. I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't do it."
2: Livy, all right, right Mad 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 Mac, Mac. take us home.
0: Livy hates big oil. Shades, my job confirmed.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> my three—you've a- you, been railed on oil for two weeks in a row now. Let's just keep it going. Man,
0: they're the easiest jokes for people to make. Uh, Okay, so my three takes, one's a lie, two's a truth. Uh, First one, Hollywood Brown is not the wide receiver one in Arizona. Rondale Moore is there. I think he's more talented already. I think if you look at the tape of Hollywood Brown and not just the statistics of Hollywood Brown, you're going to see nothing but drops. You're going to see nothing but accurate balls thrown by Lamar Jackson to a receiver that is running the wrong direction, uh, not putting his hands in position to catch the ball, or just flat out dropping it, and I think Hollywood Brown um, is just not going to be the wide receiver one. So, Arizona, I'm saying right now. Like I'm not saying eight weeks from now, whenever DeAndre Hopkins is back. Like that's that's an obvious take. Um, I think he's not the high the uh, wide receiver one right now. Um, the second take is the Amazon Thursday Night Football broadcast will actually be good. Um, I don't know if y'all have seen this, but it's going to be Kirk Herbstreit and Al Michaels. Street college football guy we got al michaels who's the nbc guy um, they both got the bag in order to be calling these games on thursday night they have a bunch of pretty okay games this year usually the thursday night games is like jaguars texans every single week but like this year they actually have a pretty decent slate um, the jingle sounds amazing i don't know if you guys heard that yet but like every single broadcast for the different stations has the different jingle the fox one's really amazing in my opinion but the uh, amazon thursday night one sounds pretty good too um and i think it'll just turn into a pretty good broadcast i think it'll be better than the monday night football one pretty quickly my last take is darius garland is the best guard from his draft class which doesn't sound that spicy but then you consider the other people that are in his class Uh, he's a guard from the cleveland cavaliers he went to Vanderbilt. I don't know why we talk about Vanderbilt so much this pod, but sure, why not? Um, his dad went to uh, Missouri State, where I went for undergrad, and it was arguably the best basketball player to ever come out of Missouri State, Eric Garland. Um, but if you look at the other people in his draft class, you have John Morant, who's been amazing. You have RJ Barrett, who's also been amazing. Kobe White, who is supposed to be really, really great, but has kind of fallen off a little bit. Cam Johnson has been incredibly solid. And then you move down a little bit. You guys, you have guys like Jordan Poole, who was really good during the playoffs. My take is Darius Garland has been the best of all these guys. He has the smoothest passing game of all of them, and he has the most upside potential when it comes to scoring at all three levels. So my question for you all is which take is fake?
2: So, L- Olivia, I'm going to help you out here on one point, okay? I know number one is true in Mad Max eyes because I've watched this guy draft Rondale Moore as many times as possible. Like, in mock drafts and in our real draft, like, this guy is all in on Rondale Moore. So, I feel like that one's almost a lock as that uh, as a truth there. Uh, the, the, that gives you at least a 50-50. I don't, I don't know after that. You're going to have to make your own decision.
1: Okay, so I am going to go with... Amazon thursday night football broadcast will actually be good i think the way that's worded is kind of a slight in the first place like like everyone's assuming broadcasting will be bad which it always is like so i can't come to believe that you're like gonna be amped up for like a thursday night broadcast i think it's gonna be on mute and you're gonna be drinking bezos with your friends and i don't think you're gonna pay kirk herb street two cents on on his broadcast um for me the third one is like too niche to like really i think it is a spicy take like that you have and it's it's a little too niche to to be a lie almost is, is how I'm calling that one. Um, I'm not sure if I agree or not, but that's kind of my take on how I've narrowed in on broad the broadcast one.
2: Yeah, see, I'm leaning towards broadcast, but um, I, I don't know. Like The Darius Garland one, I, I feel less about the, the niche aspect as much as just like looking at who was in the top five. So he was the fifth overall. Um, like if you're just taking like, okay, who's like the clear – reasons why people would say no, this guy's better is you've got John Morant who's you know a superstar. you've got RJ Barrett who's had a, had an amazing season last year. Tyler Hero, whose rookie year was great, but last year was a, was a little hit or miss right So there, there are some good guards in this class. but like to your point, like Darius Garland's just like a, it's not a dart throw. like Mac clearly went after this pick because it's like you know it's a Cleveland Cavalier and they haven't been relevant since LeBron's been not on the team. It's like I feel like he truly believes in this in this take, and I think he's also trying to uh, kind of get some get some inflammatory responses from a good listener, Samir. So I, I think that's where this one's going. He's trying to you know get the the hate flowing through a, a listener. Uh, I'll, I'll stick with you with, with that on the Thursday night podcast being or the Thursday night broadcast being good. So to me, it's like I've never been excited for an NFL broadcast team that like I half the time I put it on the Spanish uh, version. So that way I can't like listen to Chris Collinsworth because he just makes me want to like tear my ears out. So to me, it's like, I don't know if I'm ever excited about it, but I'm just like hopeful that whoever they bring on just won't talk the whole time and I can enjoy the game more. So I'm going to also go, he doesn't think Amazon's broadcast will be good.
0: Real quick. Did you guys read that story that came out this past week about Joe Buck, the, uh, the NFL announcer, as well as like the baseball announcer
2: no what's the story so
0: apparently the guy is like super obsessed with hair plugs like he's really really obsessed with his image and so he gets hair plugs almost every single year and has been doing so for over a decade and his entire shtick right is he has a really big booming voice And apparently back in 2011, when the Cardinals were going to the World Series, a lot of sentimental reasons for him to be calling those games. He went under for surgery to get hair plugs. And then they put this giant tube down his throat, which is apparently like a normal thing when you get hair plugs. I I have real hair, I promise. Um, I don't know how this works. And whenever they put the tube down his esophagus, it knocked something out, kind of just like hit the wrong area. And he ended up losing his voice for like weeks All because he was getting hair plugs. He almost ruined his entire career just because he got hair plugs. So, so, side note about broadcasting: I've
2: I've never heard of someone being addicted to hair plugs. That's a new one.
0: I know. (laughs) I know. And it's like his whole thing is his voice. No one cares what you look like. You can look like a gremlin and have a good voice. And, like, that's all people really care about. Point being, you guys are 100% right. I'm the least obvious person on this podcast, clearly. It is the Thursday Night Football broadcast will not be good. Ow. uh the jingle sounds terrible. It sounds like really watered down Christmas music. Al Michaels and kirk herbstreit are just a weird pair. Why are you have Street on NFL Game? I don't know. Al Michaels is just here to get a check. Um, it's gonna be rough, but hey,
1: just Tony Romo on every broadcast. I'll keep that that going, and that's like it.
0: Avid, Avid. Okay, Livy, thank you so much for joining us on the pod. Do you have any last words? Any any last questions before you have your draft this Friday?
1: No, I don't, but you know, I, I will follow up and you guys can let the listeners know how, how it went, but this has been a blast and, um, I, I, am confident going into Friday. So thank you both for your expertise.
0: Of course. I think you did better job later than we did. So appreciate your expertise.
2: Yeah, it was awesome having you on here. Really appreciate <laughs> it.
0: So let us know how Friday goes. We'll do a little bit of a follow-up at some point, but, uh, thank you all for listening and, uh, we'll have a college football preview press you all later this week so I'll catch you guys on Friday all right,